All right, well, good morning, everybody. I am very excited to share today. This is just in case I do end up crying a little bit today. But it's also because this was a, uh, a little bit of a tough week for me. Um, I, have, I have not been sick in like a year and a half. And uh, I really believe in the blessing of God over our health. And I've walked it out for a, for a long time. And I've fought off sickness successfully on multiple occasions. And it's been so awesome. But, you know, sometimes... Even the greatest warriors, <laughs> sometimes they fall. So I got really sick this past week, and I was telling my wife when she was asking me, how do you feel? And I was telling her, like, I think I'm going to die. Like, this is so bad. And she was probably like, oh, you're being so dramatic. But really, it was, it was pretty terrible. But I will say I have completely bounced back, and God is so faithful. There was a moment where I was thinking, I'm like, man, we may have to have somebody else step in and preach because I was not doing well, but... I'm telling you right now, I am, I feel great. I'm completely back, so praise God. He is so good to me. Amen, amen. Well, sometimes when you're going to share something powerful with people, uh, how many of you know sometimes the enemy wants to come and he wants to try and disrupt that? You know, he wants to try and stop that. He wants to try and stop the Word of God. But it's not going to happen, all right? I think that one of the most powerful things that's going to happen is today we're going to see a lot of people set free. A lot of people set free from uh, maybe areas in their life that they didn't know that they had trouble or that they were enslaved to. Um, I do want to share, though, that, you know, one thing about Max is Max is, man, he is, he is so amazing. He's like a, I, I, didn't know, I don't know how to say it, this, is, <laughs> this may come across wrong, but he's like a fine glass of wine. When you sit and listen to Max, he is, he is so good, so crisp. And I feel like I am like Mountain Dew. So you guys just prepare yourselves today. You're going to get some Mountain Dew. But I, am gonna, I want to be really transparent today. And one of the things that is interesting about uh, public speaking is a lot of times what people tell you to do if you start to feel uncomfortable is they say, you know, maybe just picture the audience in their underwear. You know, has anybody ever heard that? Well, what happens when you are up, in, up, up front and then you decide to be transparent? is it's like you're talking to a bunch of people when you're in your underwear. Does anybody know what that's like? That is terrible, you know, but I just really want to be completely transparent with you because I do feel like God really wants to set some people free today. Um, and sometimes the, the things of the kingdom, they, they, are, they are backwards from a lot of the world's wisdom. You know, the, the world says that when you have something that that brings you shame, it's probably best to just keep that in, not to share that with people. But in the kingdom, you know, God wants us to, to be opposite of the way of the world. You know, for instance, let's see if you guys can finish these sentences. To be the greatest in the kingdom of God, you must become the servant of all. Servant of all. That's good. I was looking for least, but that's good too. <laughs> awesome. It's more blessed to give than to Okay, that's, that's contrary to the world's wisdom. The world thinks, let's get all we can, let's hold on to all we can. But God says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. How about in this one? In order to save your life, you must lose it. That's right. You must lose your life to save it. And that's so good. So this is a little bit, this is me stepping into that, that opposition of the world's wisdom and, and sharing something that is really going to be a, 
going to be kind of difficult, but it is going to be good, and I do think it's going to help. So, um, Revelations chapter 12, verse 10 and 11 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they, that's us, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. All right, so today we're going to overcome. I'm going to share some testimony with you. And in so doing, I am not going to love my own life so much that I want to hide anything from everybody, okay? Amen. Awesome. So my true goal today is to encourage people, no matter what season of life you're in, no matter what stage of your breakthrough you're in, but to help build you up and to give you hope and know that God, you know what? God is faithful. I'm telling you right now, he is faithful. No matter what it is that you're going through, God is totally faithful. If you feel like you're struggling, if you feel like, if you feel like you're broken or you're hurt, I want to speak this over you right now because it's the absolute truth. You will come to the end of the hard season. All right? God is faithful. He's faithful. He always comes through. All right? If I was to ask each and every one of you of a time that God came through for you, you know, you would, most of you would be able to share that with me, all right? And that's what I'm going to share with you today, a time that God came through, amen? So can I ask you a question? Can I share some of my messy life with you? Yes. Is that all right? Can I share some of my mess? All right, that's what we're going to do, all right? I'm good. I'm not uncomfortable in Jesus' name. So, <laughs> so the first part of my story is just to help you understand a little bit about who I am. Not for you, not, not to glorify anything about where I've been or what I've come through, um, but really just to help to give a little bit of an outline of, of, of where I, I come from. And uh, when I was young, I think uh, one of the common things that I hear from most, a lot of people my age, is that they come from broken homes. Um, I was uh, right there with that broken home and... Uh, Interesting the way, way things went in my life is my mom really tried to do a really good job of trying to protect me and my brother. I have one older brother. He's four years older than me. And she, tried, she did everything in her power to try and protect us and try and keep us in, in a safe environment and try to uh, create activities for us to, to almost distract us but to keep us from thinking too much about what was going on in our home. Um, but what tends to happen in situations like that, unfortunately, is our life really started to degrade. And, um, you know, uh, things went from good with my family to okay with my family to dad leaving to trying to stay stable to things completely falling into chaos. Uh, falling into chaos in a, in a way where... Um, we didn't really have any guidance, me and my brother Jordan. Uh, There's no fault of my mom, no fault of my dad. It was them trying to figure out how to, how to walk things out. Um, but with all that chaos, uh, me and my brother started to, uh, we started to drink at a very young age. I think I, I had my first drink of alcohol when I was 11 years old. 
and I was, uh, I started to smoke weed, and I smoked weed every day of my life from the time that I was 11 to about halfway to being 13. Um, it was a very broken and desperate area in my life. Um, I had no guidance. I had no one around me, no one in my life that was, uh, was loving me in a way that was guiding me. Um, when I went to college, I was just as broken and tried to fill my life with so many other things. And through that brokenness, fell into just more addiction, addiction to, to drinking, addiction to, to taking a lot of pills, and, and, um, and really just being, being lost. I mean, that's what it was. I was, just, I was just totally lost, and I was trying to fill all of my brokenness and my hurt with anything that I could find. And, uh, and it did nothing. It did nothing. Not even the numbing helped. It was just, it was just brokenness. And um, when I came home from college, I was so broken and, and was so lost. I was trying to build. I picture it like I was trying to build a castle in the sand. And I would do certain things, and I'd look at it, and I'd be like, oh, man, this looks really good. I'm really starting to make some progress. Things are coming together. And there was a huge tidal wave that happened in my life, and it completely wiped out everything that I thought that I was building. It destroyed everything. And in that moment, I found myself in a place where I was extremely suicidal. I was depressed. I was broken, and I was lost. And in that place, I heard God speak to me, and I heard him say, I have so much more for you. And sometimes people will ask me, they'll say, how do you know it was God? And I'll say, because God's so easy to identify when the only thing that you hear in your life is darkness, when there's so much brokenness and lostness, and you hear God's voice, he's so easy to identify. And he's got so much for us. And that's a, that's a perpetual word that I have so much more for you. It's a perpetual word over my life i got a microphone there. i got to be careful. And it's a word over all of yours, too. Because it doesn't matter where you've come to. He has so much more for you. And that word completely delivered me in an instant from depression and from suicide and from everything else that had a hold on me in an instant. And honestly, everything was going really well. The only thing that it didn't deliver me from was being a little bit dumb. All right. It didn't deliver me from being a little bit dumb. All right. Can anybody relate? You don't have to raise your hand. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, one thing that started to happen about a year ago is uh, I started to identify in myself. I, you know, I got born again. Um, that experience happened in my life when I was 20 years old. Uh, I just turned 32, so it happened 12 years ago. And, uh, and when that was happening, um, or excuse me, and so about a year ago, you know, things have in my life have progressed really, really well, and I've grown really close with the Lord, and God sent me all over the world doing missions in South Africa and Germany and Hungary and being a part of this awesome church plant, and it's been such an honor. But do you know that sometimes Messi is still in there a little bit? All right, and that was something that I encountered. I started to realize, man, why am I feeling disconnected from God? What is it? What is this thing that is causing me to, to not be able to feel that closeness with God? Has anyone ever been there, you know, where you just like, you, 
that, cl- that intimacy that I once had with him, where is it? What's happened? What's going on with me? What am I doing? You know, because I know God's word. I know that his word says that he will never leave me nor forsake me. So what's go- why, why does it feel like he has? Because something's happening in me. I need to figure this out. And so that's where I was about a year ago, was trying to, to figure out what happened. And you know what happens over a long travel, a long period? Has anyone ever been on a long road trip? What happens on a long road trip is you end up on these really long, straight highways. All right, my family lives in Colorado, and we live in Kansas. Okay, so we go home a lot. That's a nine-hour drive. And one thing that God was showing me about those long journeys is when you're on those long journeys, how many times do you think that you, you do a little nudge on your steering wheel just to kind of course correct a little bit? Okay, that happens probably hundreds of thousands of times during one trip to Colorado, from here to Colorado. And so those tiny course corrections. And you know what happens is sometimes in our life, if we don't make those course corrections, within a matter of seconds, you'll be in the ditch or you'll be in head-on traffic. Okay, it's, there's those tiny course corrections. And what happens, the enemy doesn't come in and all of a sudden try and jerk the steering wheel and take you off the road. What he tries to do is he just tries to sneak in and help you to, and, and, and convince you that some of the course corrections are not worth correcting. They're just, they're just little. It's just, that's just a little thing. And that's what was happening to me. I found myself in a place where I was not course correcting. And I found myself in a place where I heard God's voice, but I stopped leaning on that most important pillar in my life, which was reading his word on a constant basis. You know, I found myself in this place where it's like, I hear God's voice. That's okay. That's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, you know, spend that time listening and hearing him. All right. And about six months ago, um, I, was, I was asking God because the only thing worse, I don't know if I can say it that way, to have no no relationship with God is terrible, but to have a relationship that's mediocre, one that's just good enough, you know, how many of you know, that, that's really terrible too. And that's where I found myself. I found myself in a place where I was like, you know, things are good enough. And it was really mediocre. And God started to show me, you know, that, that there, was, there were things in me that I didn't know. I, did, I couldn't identify what it was, but I knew there were things that, that I just needed to get out. So how many of you have, have prayed really difficult, scary prayers? All right, those ones where you're like, this is going to hurt a lot. All right, the prayer that I prayed was, God, send me through the furnace. Refine me. Destroy the things in my life that are keeping me from you. Because I had that mediocre relationship. And that was really, really painful. And what happened through that was... You know, I ended up back in that place where I was, I, I started to fall back into a lot of depression. You know, my, my wife, I am so thankful for her because I was able to share what I was going through with her and she really held down the fort. My wife was the spiritual leader of our household for a good year and I'm super thankful that I married a godly woman. If there's one thing that I can say to young single men in here is marry a godly woman because it will pay off. And Amen. I have found favor. <laughs> amen. Amen. 
So I wanted to share with you a journal entry that I had when I was going through this really difficult time. <clears throat> and one thing that I want to say is if anybody ever finds himself in a place where you're going through a really difficult season, as hard as it may be to journal and to write about the things that you're going through, spend that time in journal because it's going to be so important when you go back and you read the things that, that you were going through or the things that God was taking you through and, um, or even the times that the enemy was taking you through. Um, but you'll be able to go back and be able to see all the things that God's delivered you from. So this is the journal entry that I had uh, when I was kind of right in the middle of all of this mess. When I wrote this, I'm sure I did not intend on sharing it in front of the church, but here we are. So, brace yourself. You said I could share my mess, right? Okay. All right, so I feel like I have two options ahead of me. This is my journal entry. I feel like I have two options ahead of me. It's like a promised land, one that I can and will reach if I just take it one step at a time and trust in the Lord. It's not been easy so far, and I don't know if it's going to get any easier moving forward, but I'm assured by the resting peace of God that it will most definitely be worth the push. Or I can take my second road and fall back into mediocrity and settle for good enough. I'm sure my enemies would celebrate my return. When you're feeling empty, even the food you received from your slave master seems like a nice trade-off. It's helped me to see why the Israelites in the desert look so fondly on their time in Egypt. Because wandering and sleeping in the desert sucks. Even though God continues to show up, wandering through the valley of the shadow of death, without knowing where the end is, isn't fun. Even for an adventurer like myself. It feels aimless and unproductive. And it doesn't feel, feel like I'm growing any closer to God. It's causing me to explore the depths of what faith is, and at the same time, what doubt is. There's a great question that this season seems to be marked by. Is it okay to have my doubts? For anyone who has ever encountered times of doubt, be it in God, health, resurrection, or direction, you can empathize with the idea that Egypt looked appealing to the Israelites as they wandered the desert for 40 years because it was a place of familiarity and required very little hope and imagination to see themselves back there. Whereas the promised land, on the other hand, was a place their eyes had not seen. Is it easier to see yourself in a place you've been before or in a place you only have ever heard the name of? There were no pictures of this place. They couldn't look it up on Google Earth. No, instead they had to walk there by faith and sleep in the dirt. So yes, it's much easier to go back to the places you've been, even if they had only produced a mediocre relationship with God. The second and most so more sobering question I pose to myself is, do I have what it takes to get there? 
So, as I was thinking about the Egyptians, or excuse me, the Israelites, and how they came, they had so many times to be able to look back at Egypt. And there was the time when they were, they were, there was the pillar of fire that was standing between them and the Egyptians. And there was the Red Sea in front of them. And they said to Moses, Moses, have you brought us all the way out here to die? There are graves in Egypt. We didn't have to come out here to die. All right? There was a time when they were, they were so uncomfortable with the, the promise ahead of them that it was easier for them to look back and say, Egypt was better than this. There was, there was the time when they came, they came and they had, they had bitter waters before them. They had no water to drink. And they complained to Moses, have you brought us all the way out here to, to dehydrate and to die? The time when they had no food. At least when we were in Egypt, we had, we had food that our slave masters gave us. But in all of those moments, in all of those times when things really started to look the most bleak, those were the times when God completely came through. At those in those times when the season that you're going through, when it starts to look like it's too much for you to handle, those are the times when God is going to come through for you. Those are the times when, when you start to think that the past is more appealing. Well, at least I had a mediocre relationship with God then. God is going to come through for you because He is faithful. Through this whole process, the thing that God showed me is he just he said, I'm faithful. You can trust in me because I am faithful. Amen. There were a few different events that happened when I was going through this. And this is just to kind of outline a little bit of, of the process of what happened when I had gotten myself back into, into, into so much trying to numb myself from feeling what I was feeling. How many of you know sometimes it really hurts to feel your feelings? All right, it hurts to feel them. So it's like I want to numb it with uh, watching The Office. All right, that's, a, that's me. I don't know. Watching The Office or, or maybe another one for me was, you know what? I, I told my wife, you know, I, I, I don't mind drinking. I'll drink, when, I'll drink on special occasions. How many of you know when everything in your life hurts, every night can be a special occasion? All right, and that was the problem. That was the trouble that I got myself into. And it, and it hurt. And I was numbing myself from the things that God was trying to do in me. And I found myself in the situation where I was, we had a leadership meeting, and we were sitting in our, in our living room at our house. And there was this moment where I was sitting there and I hadn't shared with anyone but Nicole, but I knew I really needed to share what was going on. Excuse me, I had shared with Tanya too, which thank God for Tanya because we walked through this together. To, so. But I hadn't shared with anybody and I, I really wanted to share with the leadership team. And the problem when I was in the living room, I remember sharing with people and saying, the way that I felt was I felt like someone who was lost at sea. Someone who felt like I was just adrift with no direction and no purpose. 
And it was because all of these things that were rising up in me, I was just trying to, I was trying to fill myself with so much, but I wasn't really allowing God to lead me and to guide me. And through it all, I, I found myself in a place where I was denying everything that I knew about myself. Uh, am, has God really called me into the ministry? Has God really called us to Kansas? I'm depressed. I'm depressed. Why are we in Kansas? We had a polar vortex winter last winter. And, and I was thinking, why are we in Kansas? We should be depressed in Miami. You know, what, why, what are we doing out here? Because when you lose that focus and you lose that purpose, you start to think, well, I just need to chase after happiness. All right, and that's where I found myself, chasing after happiness. And so what I found when I started to share with a group of leaders was this is, number one, one of the most important things that I think we need to have in our life. We need to have a group of strong believers that we can be vulnerable with. If the people that are closest to you are not people who have a strong relationship with Jesus, when you share times like this that I went through, they, they may not have the best direction for you. Amen. They may, not, they may not be able to see as easily as most of you probably see. Like, it's Jesus. You just need to refocus on Jesus. You're focusing too much on yourself. You know, they may, they may say, um, you need to go to counseling because you're really mentally ill. <laughs> you know, so it's having that strong group of believers around you who can encourage you in a godly way. Amen. Amen. And I am so thankful for the strong group of leaders that we have around us. The leadership team at this church. We have amazing leaders in this church, and I'm so thankful. They have, they have been so much to me. And to have someone like Tanya who was able to be, be open about some of the things that she was going through. To have, um, to have Paul identified one day when I was sitting over in the corner. You may not have known Paul, but I was over there, man, and I was broken. And you came over and you spoke an encouraging word over me because God was speaking to you. And I really appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. And, uh, and, and Janet, Janet, you prayed for me in our small group, and that meant everything to me. Because we're out here, and we don't have family out here. And we really look at you guys as family, and you really blessed me. I'm so thankful. I'm standing up here today because of the prayer you prayed over me. So thank you so much. And, and, and Skyler, I don't even know where you're at, Skyler. There you are. You know, Skyler spoke a super encouraging word over me. But again, it was because I surrounded myself with people that are mighty, mighty warriors. And in some cases, like Paul, I didn't surround myself with Paul. Paul rose up because he's a mighty man of God who hears God's voice. So it's important to have those people in your life. Amen. Amen. And in my own personal walk with Jesus, one of the things, one of the biggest problems that happened in my life was I stopped leaning on that super important pillar. How many of you know, if there's anything that you take from this, I want you to take, to fall in love with God's word, to fall so deeply and madly in love with God's word that it's, it is the, it is the non-negotiable in your life. It is the thing that you run to. It is the thing that you, you, spend, you spend all your time all the t that time just being filled and learning and knowing more about God. Because how many of you know it's going to be really hard to understand your purpose if you don't understand who purposed you? 
So spending that time in the Word. And that was one thing that I did when I was going through this time. You know, I wasn't feeling God's presence. I wasn't feeling His love. I wasn't hearing His voice. But I said a non-negotiable in my heart that I was going to spend time in the Word. And in that time, it was one of the most difficult seasons for me because I didn't, I didn't walk away from the Word feeling like, oh, I got really good revelation. In, in fact, I kind of walked away and I felt a little more discouraged because I wasn't hearing God when I was reading the Word. Again, because I had numbed myself. I had hardened my heart so much. All right. <clears throat> my voice is going to last till the end of this message in Jesus' name. There was a trip that Nicole and I went on to, uh, during Thanksgiving. And when we went on this trip, when we were on the trip heading out to Colorado, you would think it was two different, completely different people that in this, in this car ride. On my way out to Colorado, I remember telling Nicole, I feel like I don't know God. I feel like he doesn't know me. I feel like if Pastor Max asked me to get up and to share with the church, I'd have to tell him no. I feel like if there was... Anybody notice that the, the focus on my car ride out there was me? It was just me. I was just so focused on me and feeling and me and me and me and me and me and me. Again, the microphone. Sorry. I was so self-centered. I was so self-focused. And it was destroying me. And I got out to Colorado and... I was so sad and lost and depressed that I tried to fill my time with as much sorry with as much drinking and numbing that I could. I tried to disconnect. I tried to not feel because my feels were really intense and they were really hurting me. And I felt lost. And so I tried to numb it. And I found myself in this place where I was so desperate that I found myself laying on the floor of my niece's room, crying and broken and lost, and being out in Colorado with my family and not spending time with them because I was so self-focused. I was so self-centered. And you know what happened in that moment? That place of my deepest desperation, that place of my deepest brokenness, God loved me. He loved me. And in that moment, he laid out my life before me. And he showed me everything that was going on and all the decisions that I was making. And I felt his love. And he said to me, I cannot promote this behavior. But has anybody ever been corrected by God in such a loving way? That you hear something that's so hurtful, but you're like, gosh, that hurts so good. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts so good. Well, that's what God said to me. I cannot promote that behavior. And that was really hard to hear. But then I took a step back and I looked at my life and I went, I totally understand. And you're totally right. 
But what happened when God showed me his goodness in that moment? The word of God says that the goodness of God is what leads men to repentance. And you know, repentance for me was not a, it wasn't, it wasn't a sudden turning to God. It was a certain, it, it was a sudden looking at the things that I was, that I had in my life and being disgusted by them. Being disgusted because, you know, one of my biggest fears was that I was going to hurt one of you. Because I'm a leader in this church. And I was not being responsible. And I was not being promotable. And I, I was so afraid that I would come in and that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to put on my church face. Anybody have a church face? No, just me. I wouldn't be able to put on my church face and I would hurt somebody in here. And I would ruin somebody's walk with Jesus. But God came in. But God. Amen. Thank God for the but God moments in our life. When everything is going wrong, but God. But God. But God. Because He comes through because He is faithful and He does have a good plan for your life. And thank God He had a good plan for mine. On our way home from Colorado, I had a completely repented heart. And I was talking to Nicole, and I remember her being halfway through the trip just kind of laughing. I felt like at me. I think she was laughing with me, but it felt like she was laughing at me. And she was saying, yeah, just like that. And she was laughing, and she said, this is, it's, it's a, this is a completely different Situated, you're a different person. And, it, and I was because I allowed myself to be touched and loved by God. Amen. No matter, no matter how broken I was, he still loved me. And he still pulled me in. Let me see, how am I doing on time? And then finally, one of the things that was hardest for me when I was going through this was coming to the realization that I had to be very honest with myself and I had to be honest with my pastor. And I asked Max, when I got back from Colorado, I said, Max, I really need to sit down with you, man. I really need to tell you what's going on in my life. And everything that I'm sharing with you right now, I was able to share with Max. And I shared in more detail with him. And you know one awesome thing about our pastor that man understands the grace yeah. and the mercy of God. Yeah. And he loved me. And I asked him, I said, Max, I understand if you don't want me to be a part of this anymore. And he told me, he said, I need you more now than I did before because you have this story now. And this is the stuff that's going to set people free. Yes. So a huge, huge thank you to our pastor for loving me and allowing me to be here to share with all of you. So no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on in your life, I just want to encourage you just to continue to press forward. Because, and, 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 do, and do these things. Number one, love God's word with all of your heart. Make it a non-negotiable in your life. 
Ask yourself this question. Do I have people in my life that if they told me no, I would listen? Do I have people in my life that if I, if I brought up my great idea to them and they said that's not a good idea, I would take their wisdom and I would walk with it? That's so important to have a community around you that you can be vulnerable with and that will be honest with you. And they're not just going to say yes to you. And then the third is to be honest with yourself and to be honest with God. Be really honest with yourself. And if, you, if you're in that place, if you're in that place where you feel like, man, I, I, don't, I don't feel that connection, that may not be a red flag, but it could be. You know, ask yourself, why? Why is it? And be willing to pray super scary prayers like, God, send me through the furnace. But I'm telling you, when you're going through it, it's going to be difficult. So that's why it's important to have the community. That's why it's important to have good, strong leaders like our pastor. Amen? Amen. Amen. In the past three months, about three months ago when this all happened, it happened on Thanksgiving, like I said. So just after Thanksgiving, God completely changed my heart. And he completely delivered me from things that he delivered me from before. Amen. There were things that I was delivered from when I was first born again. But again, I didn't course correct and I ended up back in that same position. But you know what? God is so good that he says, I'll do it again. I'll do it again because you're worth it. I'll do it again because I love you. I'll do it again because you do have a purpose. Even if you don't see it, if you don't feel it, even if you don't think that you are called to be in the ministry anymore, it doesn't matter because I'll do it again. Because how many of you know God is in the business of kicking the devil's butt? That is his business. And his kingdom come and his will be done on earth because that's our business too. And it doesn't matter that the enemy tried to make me sick this week and tried to kill me this week because you know what? I wanted to come here and I wanted to be able to share with you and I wanted to be able to kick the devil's butt some more because I don't know if this is a widespread thing. I don't know if this is something that has infected our church, but I'm sure there's somebody in here that this relates to. And I want to kick the devil's butt with you because it's not supposed to happen. It's not going to be this way for much, for much longer. We're going to pray about it today and God is going to deliver you from these things. How many of you have read the Passion Translation of the Bible? Yeah, yeah this is a very, very good translation of the Bible. All right, I think it's... When I was in this time of not hearing or feeling the love of God, this was one of the things that stood out to me was this passion translation. It speaks so beautifully. And I wanted to read Psalm 40 to you just to close us out today. Psalm 40 in the passion translation. It's a little bit long, but it says I have seven minutes, so... If you're in a place of desperation, this is not the psalm, this is still me. If you're in a place of desperation, I want you to really listen to this and let God speak this word directly to you because this is his word for you. Amen. And if you're not in a place of desperation, desperation, but you're in a place of amazing, awesome faith and love 
and feeling so accepted. And I'm so happy that you're in that place. But if you're not, listen to this word because God wants to speak it over you. I waited and I waited and I waited some more, patiently knowing God would come through for me. Then at last, he bent down and listened to my cry. He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I had fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along this ascending path. A new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. Ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. Blessing after blessing comes to those who love and trust the Lord. They will not fall away, for they refuse to listen to the lies of the proud. O Lord, our God, no one can compare with you. Such wonderful works of miracles are all found with you. And you think of us all the time with your countless expressions of love, far exceeding our expectations. It's not sacrifices that really move your heart. Burnt offerings, sin offerings, that's not what brings you joy. But when you open my ears and speak deeply to me, I become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. So I, I said, here I am. I'm coming to you as a sacrifice. For in the prophetic scrolls of your book you have written about me, I delight to fulfill your will my God, for your living words are written upon the pages of my heart. I tell everyone everywhere the truth of your righteousness, and you know I haven't held back in telling the message at all. I don't keep it a secret or hide truth. I preach your faithfulness and kindness, pro proclaiming your extravagant love to the largest crowd I can find. So Lord, don't hold back your love or withhold your tender mercies from me. Keep me in your truth and let your compassion overflow no matter what I face. Evil surrounds me. Problems greater than I can solve come one after the other. Without you, I know I can't make it. My sins are so many. I'm so ashamed to lift my face to you. For my guilt grabs me and stings my soul until I'm weakened and spent. Please, Lord. Come quickly and rescue me. Take pleasure in showing me your favor and restore me. Let all who seek my, my life be humiliated. Let them be confused and ashamed, God. Scatter those who wish me evil. They just want me dead. Scoff at the scoffer and cause them all to be utter failures. Let them be ashamed and horrified by their complete defeat but let all who passionately seek you erupt with excitement and joy over what you've done. Let all your lovers rejoice continually in the Savior, saying, how great and glorious is our God. Lord, in my place of weakness and need, I ask again, will you come and help me? I know I'm always in your thoughts. 
You are my true Savior and my hero, so don't delay to deliver me now, for you are my God. Amen. I just want to invite our prayer ministers up to the front. And today, if there's anything that you have that you feel like is holding you back, or if there's anything that you feel like you've not been able to be transparent about, or anything that you feel like has, has continually broken you, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. If you were sitting in here and you were thinking, I don't have those strong believers around me, that's why we have our prayer ministers here at the church. Someone that you can stand in agreement with and who can stand and battle alongside of you. All right? So if our prayer ministers could come up to the front. And right now, I just want to pray over you. Lord, I just thank you so much for all of these mighty men and women of God. And I thank you, Father God, that you have completely delivered me from myself. And I just thank you, Father, that you are a God who, who in our testimony, Lord, you say to us, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. And so, Lord, I just speak over everyone in here, Lord, that, that if there was anything that would hold them back, Lord, that today they would be delivered. That today they would feel your love. That today they would know their acceptance because of your word and your truth over their life. That they are accepted in the beloved. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you so much for your awesome grace, your amazing sacrifice, and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me share my story and share my mess. Oh, that's right. One last bit. So, like I said, God told me that I had become unpromotable. I had become, I had become unpromotable. He said, I cannot promote that behavior. Well, within the past three months, God, like I said, He completely came in. He changed my heart. And actually, last month, I received a huge promotion at work. <laughs> Amen. I received a huge promotion. And it's all just because how good God is and how much He loves us. Amen. He's got good things for you. We love you so much. Have an awesome week. And God bless you.